the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Georgia on my mind. Yeah, I have to admit, uh, Georgia was on my mind a lot today after I don't know how many times I watched the video that I'm guessing you've also seen. It shows the counting room. I believe it was Fulton County down there in Atlanta, near Atlanta. It shows the, uh, the counting room emptying out except for a few people, and then the people left in the room reaching under tables and pulling out what looked like suitcases full of ballots and then counting and processing those ballots with no witnesses. And it was being called the smoking gun all over conservative media. Well, the state of Georgia, and uh, that includes the Secretary of State, are saying now that they looked at the video, there's nothing wrong with what they saw, and they moved to certify the vote for Joe Biden. So who knows where that goes. I have a feeling not everybody's going to agree with the official ruling on that video. We'll see. Meanwhile, President Trump filed a suit in Georgia today, and he claims that the election process was filled with, quote, significant system systemic misconduct, fraud, and other irregularities, resulting in, quote, many thousands of illegal votes, unquote, being cast and counted. Here are some of the things that the suit claims. Uh, they thought the election, the election code mandates that uh, those wishing to vote by absentee ballots may apply for a mail-in ballot not more than 180 days prior to the election, but the officials uh, allegedly permitted at least 305,701 people to illegally vote who applied for absentee ballots more than 180 days prior to the election and then improperly counted those illegal votes. It also says officials allowed at least 92 individuals to vote Absentee ballots, according to state records, uh, were returned and accepted uh, prior to that individual requesting an absentee ballot. It also said the officials mailed at least 2,664 absentee ballots to individuals prior to the earliest date permitted by law. There are a couple other points in there about signature matching and stuff like that, but I don't know. Who knows where this thing's going to go? But, uh, you know, if that video... Uh, that we saw so much yesterday and last night. If that video that was called the smoking gun turns out to be a nothing burger, might be time to wrap this thing up because uh, I don't know that you're going to get anything better than that, at least anything that looks as damning as that seems to look. And unless they come up with something very big very soon, it just doesn't look like this is going to go anywhere. Meanwhile, speaking of uh, going places, uh, that, that brings me to what we do here every Friday. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, Steve Adler, he's the uh, mayor of Austin, Texas. He decided to get out on a private jet and fly to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, for a little vacation a little while ago. While he was there, he was dumb enough to record a video message for the peasants back in Austin and told them to stay in their homes because it wasn't safe to travel. He was on vacation in a resort that he flew to on a private plane with eight other people, I think it was, 
And uh, while he was there, he was telling everybody back in Austin that uh, don't travel. Come on, it's not safe. Of course, he got busted, and then he delivered this lame apology. Now, I've been in the news today. Uh, the first week of November, my daughter got married here in Austin. And like many other brides, uh, she had to cancel her original plans uh, in order to follow the rules. Uh, and instead, uh, she had a, a small, mostly uh, family, very private uh, wedding. Sarah was beautiful. The wedding was beautiful and intimate. And most importantly, she was, she was happy. Uh, afterwards, uh, a small, mostly family group uh, traveled to Mexico. I want you to know that I regret that travel. I wouldn't travel now. I didn't over Thanksgiving, and I won't over Christmas. Uh, and, and no one should. Uh, uh, everyone should be avoiding non-essential travel now because we're in the, the orange uh, area. Now, I fear that the travel that I did, which took place uh, during uh, uh, a safer period, uh, followed the color-coded rules, could lead uh, to some taking uh, riskier behavior now. I recognize that my travel set a bad example. Uh, I recognize that the fact that I took that trip and at the same time was continuing to urge people uh, to be cautious is confusing. I know that others have chosen not to travel uh, under the same circumstances. And I know that in my position, I need to send a clearer message. I'm sorry I took that trip. Uh, it was a lapse in judgment. And I want you to know that I apologize. <laughs> yeah, he's sorry. Uh, but we're happy to make him this week's winner of the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week Award, Steve Adler. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com. And we will be right back. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 
Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance, or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is John Stoggerwald from my friends at Marley Financial. And every agency offers the same stuff, well, except Marley Financial. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait until open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I'm guessing you, a good chance you watched the Steeler game on Wednesday. I don't know how you could while this this, uh, award-winning radio program was on at the same time, but you may have. Um, Anyway, uh, Chris Collinsworth, who's not a well-liked man here in uh, Pittsburgh and western Pennsylvania, uh, Steeler fans think he hates the Steelers, and uh, what do they usually do with every color analyst? Uh, they, they, and I think every every other team probably thinks that Chris Collinsworth hates them too. The fans of those teams think that Collinsworth hates them, and he doesn't, by the way. But um, so he got in some trouble, uh, some ridiculous trouble that uh, was just typical uh, overreaction and hysteria over something that he said. 
Uh, he was talking about what great fans uh, there are here, what great football fans we have here in Western PA. And, uh, you know, this was while he's showing the – this was just after they showed a picture of the empty stadium where there are no fans. It's amazing, still going on, but that's what's going on. Anyway, he said that he thought that the Steelers had great fans, that there were great football pl- uh, fans here in the uh, Western PA area, and then he said this. He's a fan, in particular the ladies that I met. They had really specific questions about the game. I was like, wow, you're just blown away by how strong the fans are here in this town. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. And that was, of course, that's a sexist remark. Let's hear it again, just so you know what a terrible thing it was that he said. He's a fan, in particular the ladies that I met. They had really specific questions about the game. I was like, wow, you're just blown away by how strong the fans are here in this town. Yeah, it was terrible. So uh, he got hammered on Twitter, of course. And then um, the sporting news, uh, somebody named Billy Hine, H-E-Y-N, um, wrote this, uh, NBC's Chris Collinsworth made sexist comments during Wednesday's Ravens at Steeler game, Steelers game regarding how knowledgeable women are about football. Now, I don't know um, that if, uh, sexist, that word is almost is used, well, no word is used more often and, um, um, and has been, has had its meaning and power destroyed more than the word racist, but sexist is pretty close. Um, I'm looking up the definition here. It's characterized by or showing prejudice, stereotyping, or discrimination, typically against women on the basis of sex. Um, I, so I guess does that fall under that uh, category? I guess uh, you, maybe you know you have to give it to him. But uh, here's what Sporting News said: NBC's Chris Collinsworth made sexist comments during Wednesday's Ravens and Steelers game regarding how knowledgeable women are about football. Collinsworth may have meant his comments as a compliment as he spoke about the football fan culture in Pittsburgh, but his seemingly genuine surprise or amazement masked that at the very least. It's an obviously tired trope that women are somehow lesser fans than men, and Collinsworth leaned right into it Wednesday. Uh, That's uh, what Billy Hines said. Now, of course, um, Collinsworth had to immediately had to apologize because he was getting beat up and he had to pretend like he actually thought he said something wrong, which I would bet a million dollars that if you talk to him off the record and he would say that he thought I was ridiculous, but, uh, you know, you can't, he had to make the public apology. Uh, but Hine writes that the NFL has been, has seen more female trailblazers year by year. Callie Brownson, the Cleveland's chief of staff recently became the first female position coach in an NFL game when she stood in for the Browns usual tight end coach, Sarah Thomas has been officiating in the NFL since 2015. Thomas Brownson and Washington coaching intern Jennifer King all worked the same game earlier this season, marking the first game with a woman on the officiating crew and on each coaching staff. And then in the college ranks, Sarah Fuller just became the first woman to kick in a Power 5 football game when she kicked off the second half for Vanderbilt on November 28th at Missouri, which was a gimmick and just totally uh, patronizing. But I'm not... I'm saying that, not uh, Billy Hine writing it. But then here's Collinsworth's uh, apology. Today on our broadcast, I made reference to a couple of women I met in Pittsburgh who so impressed me with their football knowledge that I wanted to tell their story on the air. I know the way I phrased it insulted many. I'm so sorry. What I intended as a compliment to the fans of Pittsburgh became an insult. I'm sick about insulting any fan, but especially female fans and journalists. I know firsthand how much harder they have to work 
than any of us in this industry. I was wrong and deeply apologize. So uh, here's the thing about Chris Collinsworth. He's an analyst. And uh, I can tell you, I don't know him personally, but I can, I'm pretty confident in saying that Collinsworth also doesn't think you know as much about football as he does, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman. And you know what? You don't. That's why he has a job. He's an analyst. He played the game. You didn't, probably. Uh, you probably didn't. Maybe you did, but, you know, he's an analyst. So he knows more than most people because he actually not only played the game but played in the NFL. So there's a difference between just playing and having played at the highest level. It's still a man's game. Here's a question for, you know, you hear this all the time that women are, um, there are just as many women who are, I'm not going to say that they're, they're the number of women who are fans, who are call themselves fans. I don't know about that. But whether they have the same passion for the game as men do uh, generally, I think I don't think that's yet true yet. Because um, my, here's, here's one that I've, I've always wondered when they talk about how much, uh, how important women fans are to the game. And I think it's great that they like the games. But. Uh, again, it's a case of getting carried away and, and 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 taking it to a level just because it makes you feel good when it's it's yeah, it's probably not quite as uh, as passionate. It's not as true as you'd like to think it is. And a, and a good way of uh, measuring that is here's a question for you: How many commercials uh, directed toward women do you see in the average football telecast? If you went back and looked at the uh, recording of the Steelers game, how many commercials would you see that were not um, directed toward men. I'm gonna, I, I, don't, I don't think there are many. I mean, there's car commercials. There's certain things in there, insurance and things like that, that are for everybody. But the gender-specific, let's put it that way, gender-specific ads are not directed at women. The, the, the networks know who's watching the games and who's paying the most in te- attention and who is uh, among the most captive audience. That doesn't mean that women aren't also. But to suggest that it's equal is just insane. Uh, it's just not true. And as much as you'd want it, like it to be true, uh, because it makes for a nice story, and because uh, and and the women who are passionate uh, and think they are as passionate as the the men in their lives are, then maybe they want it to be true, and maybe it is true for them. But as a general statement, it's just not true. Um, how many women? At the, speaking of the sporting news, uh, you know th- this this guy says Collinsworth is sexist and that women know as much about the game as men do. Question would be: How many women at the Sporting News are doing football analysis? Not reporting now. Reporting is a different thing. You don't have to really even know that much about the game to be a reporter. You can you can cover stories. Um, you can get away. You, you can you can fake it a little bit uh, as a reporter. But we're talking about analysis. So, do you see any? How many Sporting News uh, females writers are are on the staff as analysts, not beat writers or, or just reporters, analysts. They don't, they're not many, if, if any. So uh, anyway, it's, a, it's much ado about nothing, of course, for Chris Collinsworth. And, and, and it's another case of people sitting out there waiting, hoping that somebody will say something that they can find offensive. Not only find offensive and, and be offended by it, but something that they can attack somebody with. 
I mean, a lot of people don't like Chris Collinsworth anyway. That's a job that uh, it's it can be a um, a job that that kind of turns off people for both teams. As I said, fans from both teams imagine that those analysts hate their team, and they don't. So, uh, but it's, it's another example of if what he said was even if we if, even if we uh, say that. It, it might wasn't the smartest thing for him to say, or that he shouldn't have said it. I don't think it's. I don't think. I think it's totally meaningless what he said. But um, I, I, if I'll give you the fact that it, you know that it was a moderately. If I give you that, that it was a moderately sexist uh, statement that he made. Um, that's that's not something that he should be attacked over. It should be. This is the response that you should get for saying something like that. Did you hear what, did you hear what Chris Collinsworth said? That was kind of dumb. I think women like I think I think he's underestimating the interest and knowledge of football that women have. That's all. That's the end of it. Instead, because of Twitter uh, and other social media and the media in general, people like Billy Hine who has to he can't wait to just get all over Chris Collinsworth and try to make his life as miserable as possible for a a almost totally, completely harmless thing that he said during a football game. So that's enough of that. I just wanted to make sure I got something in there because um, I, I when I saw that he was taking heat for it, I wanted to throw up. Uh, before I go here, uh, before the break, um, speaking of sports, we've talked about this here, the, uh, the Equality Act. And uh, if you voted for a Democrat, this is what you get. Chuck Schumer... Uh, I guess it was yesterday, endorsed Joe Biden's plan to force public schools to allow males in female bathrooms. Uh, Chuck Schumer supports former Vice President Joe Biden's plans to force schools receiving federal funding to accommodate students who want to use bathrooms, locker rooms, and play sports with students of the opposite biological sex. So if you uh, know somebody who's a Democrat, who voted for the Democrats, who has a daughter who plays sports, you should ask how they feel about this. Ask them how they feel. Joe Biden said that on his first day, this is a quote, Joe Biden said on his first day of office he will give transgender students access to sports, bathrooms, and locker rooms in accordance with their gender identity in federally funded schools, a reporter stated. Do you think he has the ability to do this, and do you agree with his decision? I agree with the decision, and I know he'll check things out thoroughly legally, Schumer responded. And uh, in addition to granting transgender students privileges in the bathroom and on the field, Biden has promised to use executive authority, quote-unquote, to, quote-unquote, immediately reverse the Trump administration's policies that he believes are discriminatory and implement an agenda. He's, he's planning to implement an agenda to, quote, advance global LGBTQ plus rights and development. And this is a part of the Equality Act, as I said. Every Democrat voted for it. Uh, the Equality Act to legally cement pro-LGBTQ actions, including allowing incorporating sexual orientation and gender identity into federal anti-discrimination law, cracking down on the, quote, broad exemptions to discriminate through religious freedom and expand and funnel federal funding to programs meant to support LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ communities. And uh, this is remember what Biden said. Uh, this was during a town hall during the campaign. He said he was asked about um, transgender kids. He said the idea that an eight-year-old child or a ten-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be a transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It would make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. 
So the big guy wants to allow an eight-year-old kid to determine, as an eight-year-old, that he or she uh, would if would like to change their gender, which is impossible to do. But they, but you know, they've been told that they can. He wants to change his gender and identify as something other than the 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 gender that they were born as, the sex that they were born as. So that's what you get. That's what you get when you vote for Joe Biden and the Democrats, and all the Democrats should be happy to hear that. Eight-year-old kids being able to decide. First of all, they, they, they can't decide what kind of shoes to wear, and, and they're going to be told that they're, it's okay. You make, you make the decision. If you want to change, uh, change genders, that's okay with us. Unbelievable. We'll be right back. Vice President Mike Pence says the Food and Drug Administration could approve the first COVID vaccines the week of December 14th, with the first wave of Americans being vaccinated in all 50 states within 48 hours of that approval. Fire remains high, the danger of that, amid unpredictable wind gusts and dry conditions in Southern California. Crews are making progress against blazes that have burned several homes and have injured two firefighters. The biggest blaze in Orange County's Silverado Canyon, only 10% contained. California Governor Gavin Newsom says most of his state will likely be under new stay-at-home orders within a day or two. On Wall Street, stocks remain higher. The Dow up 181 points, but NASDAQ 67 points higher, and the S&P is ahead 24. This is SRN News. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. You never really stop riding in your mind. Never, never, never. Unless you're thinking of something else. Like other thoughts. Progressive Motorcycle also presents Roadside Assistance. Progressive Motorcycle for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Do you think all vitamin C's are the same? They're not. Ester C is a superior form of vitamin C. It's the only vitamin C with 24-hour immune support. And it lasts up to two times longer than regular vitamin C. So don't just settle for any vitamin C. Buy Ester C and support your immune health today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, we admit it. Pittsburgh is famous for steel. But what about all the other things we're famous for? Take 1980, when we invented the emoticon. How's that for a smiley face? And the terrible towel. Come on, who else can turn a common household item into a sports icon? The Big Mac? Yeah, that was us in 1967. So we figured if we like it, so will America. And boy, were we right. You get it. We get it. But this station gets you. AM 1250. The answer. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. 
Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. You know what stinks? Overpaying for things, and that includes your cell phone bill. That's why every day people are switching to Pure Talk USA. You get the exact same coverage as the larger carriers, but at half the cost, with no contract and no excessive fees. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data all for just $20 a month. The average person saves $400 a year. Go to puretalkusa.com, enter the promo code off, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code half off. Pure Talk USA. Simply smarter wireless. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Seeing some busy spots on the outbound parkway. East delays from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. A few extra minutes. Heavy inbound into the tunnel. Looking pretty decent on the parkway west at the moment. 79, 28 there moving along. Shady side area and accident. Highland Avenue at 5th Avenue and also Munhall area West Run Road at Mooney Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Good night. Mostly cloudy skies with a stray evening shower and a low 32. Mainly cloudy tomorrow with a snow shower and a high 38. Another snow shower tomorrow night, mostly cloudy with a low of 27. Mainly cloudy on Sunday with a high of 34. And considerable cloudiness for Monday with a high 35. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Remember going to the movies. Uh, That's one of the things that we used to take for granted, but we don't do anymore, all because of COVID-19 hysteria. And in this case, uh, COVID-19 may have delivered a knockout punch. Movie theaters may be done, at least uh, in the long term and maybe even in the short term. Jeffrey Cole is founder and director of Center for the Digital Future, and he wrote a piece for this at, about this at digitalcenter.org, and he uh, joins us now. Jeffrey, thanks for being here. Delighted to be here. So, uh, good to have you. The, the, ha- the headline of your piece is, uh, has the coronavirus killed movie theaters? Question mark. Oh, has it? That's the. Qu- I guess you're here to answer that. <laughs> well, you you mentioned short term and long term, I and mean, it's indisputable. Yeah. It's killed the movie theaters in the short term. Yeah. I think what Warner Brothers announced just in the last twenty four hours really throws into question the future of movies long term. Their decision that they're taking their Big movies. They're built. They're movies that, in a normal environment, could earn a billion dollars or more, and they're putting them on their HBO Max streamer. They're not even charging what's called PVOD, with twenty dollars, the thirty dollars that was charged for Mulan or Trolls. That means that the best quality films are going to be free if you're a subscriber. That's a real nail in the coffin of the future of the movie business. 
Yeah, um, and uh, HBO, um, um, I, I sold cable TV door-to-door a million years ago when, it, when, it was, uh, when HBO was a new thing, and it was five bucks a month to get, uh, no, maybe it was ten, I forget, maybe it was ten dollars a month, but you got maybe four or five new movies at that time, and it was a big deal to be able to watch a movie without commercials in your home, that was a long time ago, um, so uh, um, it, 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 it seems like it took a while for this to happen, and it was just the coronavirus that delivered the knockout. Yeah, well, HBO is actually just turned 48, getting close to its yeah. 50th anniversary, And, you know, one of my favorite quotes, and this extends to a lot of COVID. Some people say it was Winston Churchill. Others say Rahm Emanuel, and there's a big difference there. But the quote is, no great crisis should go to waste. You can do things in a crisis that you normally couldn't do because people know all the rules have been set aside. Movie theaters have been screaming for years that there has to be a 90-day window between the time the movies open in the theater and then they can be shown on cable and now streaming. And uh, the studios have wanted to experiment. They've wanted to get closer to what we call day and date, releasing a movie into the home the same day as it's in the theater. And any time they threaten to narrow that 90-day window, the studios and the uh, theaters threaten to boycott. Now the theater chains are almost bankrupt. They're weakened. We don't know when they're going to be back in any meaningful way. And the studios have the leverage to really experiment. And that's what they've just done. And the consequences, Uh, I think, are going to be profound. Yeah, and according to a survey you did at your uh, site there at uh, digitalcenter.org, people don't seem to be missing going to the movies all all that much. Yeah, I mean, we talked to people who were isolated in the pandemic, and we asked them what they missed, and movies, less than a quarter really missed movies. Now, we had all this, you know, when you ask people what they enjoyed, about being isolated and there were some things like no commutes but number three on the list of things we enjoyed was more time for television more time to catch up on all these series everyone's been telling us for years we have to watch during the pandemic we didn't mind if the irishman was four and a half hours and we saw all these Netflix shows become cultural phenomenon. Tiger King at the beginning of the pand- pandemic, Queens King and Gambit now. So uh, we really didn't miss movie theaters because we were seeing all this content we'd never seen. And then you started to see the movies that couldn't open in the theater that were diverted to streaming. Uh, you know, just tonight, Mank, the uh, David Fincher story of Herman Mankiewicz opens, the Chicago 7, Borat, all of these things that would have been theatrical in a different world are on streaming. And no, we didn't miss movie theaters. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but um, you know, before I came out of uh, semi-retirement to do this talk show a couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I would go to probably, uh, this may be hard to believe, uh, about 75 movies a year. I'm just guessing that number, but I mean, because we went at least once every week. So I would say it was somewhere between 60 and 70 or 75 movies a year. 
not too many people were doing that, but when I would go, I would go in the afternoon on a on a Tuesday when there'd be uh, maybe two other people in the entire theater. That's the only time I would go. I would never go when it's crowded. So is it is yeah. it kind of the Yogi Berra thing where no, nobody goes anymore because it's too crowded? <laughs> uh, incidentally, you are a rare movie viewer. You know, in yeah. the 40s, before there was television, the average household went to the theater two and a half times a week. Today, wow. the average American goes to one movie every three months, and that's going to drop. And, uh, you know, despite the emphasis on blockbusters and young, uh, you know, daters from college, the biggest, fastest growing part of the movie theater audience up until the pandemic was people over the age of 60, people who have the time and have the money and also have the flexibility to go when tickets are a little bit cheaper, or in some cases, Tuesday afternoons a lot cheaper. But you're a pretty unusual viewer. Yeah. Um, well, we're talking to uh, Jeffrey Cole. He's the founder and director of Center for the Digital Future, and his piece on the uh, in the coming death of the movie theaters, if it hasn't happened already, is uh, at digitalcenter.org. Um, I also, uh, Jeff, when I, um, as all those movies I went to, um, I I saw a lot of really bad movies, and um, I, I think the this is just an opinion based on being a you know kind of a, a an aficionado of movies. Um, that uh, Hollywood had themselves to blame because they put out some really really bad movies and passed out the passed up the opportunity to do some good ones with you know historical movies and and they made movies that were supposed to appeal to. Uh, 18-year-olds who weren't going to movies, and so the people you're talking about, older people, they, they there wasn't anything for them to go see. One out of every ten movies was something that an actual adult might want to watch. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're hitting on the real paradox of the movie business. They're catering and all the... If you look at all the big-budget films and all the summer and Christmas films... They're catering to 14 to 24, and yet those are the people who are on social media, more comfortable with streaming. They aren't serving the audience who really wanted to go to the movies. And uh, so what you had was you still had people who wanted to see the movies. There were some films with special effects that people thought were better on the biggest screen they could find. But by and large, people were going to the movies for the social experience, to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. And that all came to a standstill during the pandemic. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I just, I can't, I, I will never consider watching uh, TV, even on my 65-inch screen, uh, watching a movie on there uh, to be as good as watching a movie on a big screen in a theater. I, uh, I, just, I just won't. But um, your you're, piece, you're, you're point right. But, but if you think about it, movies always meant three things over television. Bigger stars, bigger mm -hmm. stories, and bigger screens. Right. And as far as bigger stars, you only saw the really su the superstars on the movie screen. That's not yeah. true anymore. If you look at things like no. HBO's Big Little Lies with uh, Meryl Streep, 
and uh, with Nicole Kidman, or you look at, um, despite what's happened to him, you look at House of Cards with Kevin Spacey. If you look Mm -hmm. at big stories, what's a bigger story than uh, The Crown? Or actually, Mandalorian, the Star Wars 10-parter on Disney+, Plus, has been more successful than the Star Wars films in the theater. And bigger screen, you're absolutely right. There's nothing like a movie theater screen. But those screens in the 50s competed with 18-inch black and white sets, where the comparison wasn't even in the same universe. Now they're competing with 65-inch high definition, which still doesn't compare to a movie screen. But the gap's a lot closer. Yeah. In your piece, you point out that the uh, the 21st century, this was stunning to me, the 21st century theatrical film business is about 10 to 14% of what it had been in the 40s. Uh, and you mentioned that people used to go a couple times a week. It makes me wonder how it lasted this long. I guess it took well, the big screen to get rid of it, to, to, do, to really it, you know, put the death blow to it. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in 19, the, the high point of the movie business, the theatrical movie business, was 1946 when we sold 4.3 billion tickets in America. Last year, the population more than doubled, so to keep pace, you would have had to sell 9 billion. We sold 1.2 billion. So the movie business has been a sort of a shell of what it used to be on size. But those films in the theater still create all the buzz, the big marketing campaigns, which fuel people's interest on them beyond the theater on cable and streaming. And the DVD market is dying, but used to be significant as well. So the theater drove it. And what happened to the theatrical business in 46, that was on the eve of the introduction of television, which forever changed the movie business. We're talking to Jeffrey Cole. He's the founder and director of Center for the Digital Future. You can see his piece at digitalcenter.org. So uh, what what's uh, the effect going to be on the movie-making business now? Are more movies well, Mike, going to be made or less? Uh, you Well, first, you're going to see a very profound effect is HBO, uh, HBO Max, and then what Warner announced, is now going to put a billion dollars in movies, Matrix, other movies for next year, Wonder Woman on the screen on HBO for free if you're a subscriber to HBO Max. What that means is it's probably not possible to make a billion dollars revenue without a theatrical run. That's the business Disney owned. Last year, there were $9 billion or more movies, seven and a half of them, were Disney. The hang-off was Spider-Man, which was a co-production with Sony. If you can't have billion-dollar films, you can't have $200 million budgets. In this new world, there's no way you will see any $200 million budget screenlit unless the theaters find their way back. So the whole scope and scale of the business, we may see a real move towards smaller, less expensive movies. And that may be good news for you and a lot of viewers because the less you use special effects and big budgets, the more you have to rely on good stories and dialogue. So the movie business may well change. 
One of these days, the uh, COVID-19 hysteria will be over, I think. Um, how many I, theaters are going to be opening hoping. up? <laughs> how many are going to? How many theaters will be opening up again of the ones that have been closed because of the uh, COVID? And how many will stay dark? Do you think? My guess is half the movie theaters in America will be closed in the next year or two. That's so we had more movie theaters than we needed. But in our work talking to people during the pandemic, one of the most sobering numbers, statistics, was 37% of Americans say even after a vaccine, they're going to want to keep their distance from strangers. We're starting to view strangers potentially as a threat. There will be other diseases, hopefully not pandemics. So I think it's going to be a long time before we unnecessarily sit in very crowded people, very crowded places with strangers. Uh, so I think you're going to see half the theaters disappear over the next couple of years. That's a shame. That's a lot of good businesses going out of business, a lot of people losing a lot of money, and a lot of people out of work. That's a shame. It's all, all true, and it's also, you know, the movies, more than a business, is a part of our culture. It's the best no first date experience of you know, mm -hmm. all time. It's, you know, if we remember where we were and the whole experience of being in a theater, it's a key. It would be really sad if our grandchildren didn't know what we meant in 25, 30 years about going to a movie. That's a shame. All they know is uh, streaming and video games. Jeff, I'm, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you coming on. That's really interesting stuff and a lot of sad information there, I think, for a lot of people. But I appreciate you coming on. Well, people are going to get some great entertainment at very low prices. So that yeah, part of it may be good. Thank you. That's the good Always, news. A, a pleasure. Enjoy doing it. Thank you. Thank you. That's Jeffrey Cole, founder and director of Center for the Digital Future. And we will be right back. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. 
We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage. A special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Millville Park Road, Millville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Well, I just found out from Jeffrey Cole uh, that uh, he's a, a former Pittsburgher. Uh, Pittsburgh's his hometown, and I talked to him about something else that uh, he'd have to be of a certain age to appreciate, and that would be when a really, really, really big movie came out, um, you would go downtown to see it because the, the movies would uh, show up first in the downtown theaters, and they'd be there a couple of weeks before they'd show up in the suburban theaters. There was no, There were no malls with... Uh, multiplex uh, screens, you know, with 6, 8, 10, 12, 18 screens. There were, um, there were theaters that where you went in to s- see one movie, and maybe there was a double feature, and that was a big deal, but you didn't have a choice of eight screens to go in and look at in the same building. It was you went to the movie at this theater because uh, you went to the movie at a certain theater because that was the movie that you wanted to see, uh, and uh, there's something missing there. I remember going downtown I was probably 12. Um, Ben-Hur was a pretty big movie. It was as big a movie as there ever was, actually. It was gigantic. It was real long for the, for its time, three and a half hours or something with an intermission and everything. And I, I can remember going with uh, my class, I think. I was like sixth or seventh grade. We went downtown together because it had a religious um, uh, aspect to it. Ben-Hur does. I'm sure you know the story. And... Uh, so I, we were in a Catholic grade school, and it was a big deal. He went downtown to, to the movie theater to see the big movie on the big, big screen. And, you know, it was a big, big deal. I mean, you got up, you got dressed up and everything. I'm sorry. I know when you get older, people think you're only like something because you're old and you think it was better. But I've seen both, and I'm sorry, but going to see a movie at a big theater and when it was a big deal is a much better experience than streaming in your living room. I don't care how big your TV is. That's it for this week. Thanks to uh, Mike and Darren for helping out, and I'll talk to you on Monday. See you later.
John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.